Praise God. Oh, my. Thank you, dear. Turn in your Bible to a very familiar passage in uh, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10. Of course, this is Memorial Day weekend, and we especially, even though I've said this personally already, want to extend our gratitude to the members of this congregation who've served in the military. Uh, thank you for all that you have done on behalf of uh, this country of ours. God bless you all. And um, I, uh, I know that we've talked about memorial, memorial days, a number of times over the many, many years that we have been together as a church. And one of my favorite passages is this one that's before us. And um, this, uh, I know some of you are feeling, what Levi, do I have to hear this passage again? It's just out of the mouth of babes. It just says it. But here we are. Uh, this, uh, this centurion named Cornelius, who um, was a devout man, um, registered a a great compliment from an angel. And we want to read about that today. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian Band. A devoted man and one that feared God with all of his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. When he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And the angel said to him, Your prayers and your alms are come up for a memorial before God. You know this story. Um, the extended story is rather amazing. Peter being on the roof of Simon the Tanner's house and God lowering the sheet with uh, arise, Peter, slay and eat. And uh, then uh, the instructions being given to Cornelius and the instructions being given to Peter. That is really a divine uh, appointment. And um, I believe that we are in those days. We've experienced them before. But I, I know right now that as we've talked about the breakthrough that God is leading us into, God is already making these kinds of arrangements with people that his spirit has been talking to uh, in many different lands. And we've seen this before, but we're about to see it in more profound ways. Um, Cornelius was a person who prayed the words that we've studied here on many occasions about the types of prayer he was offering indicate that he was engaged fully in supplication, even though he did not know Jesus. He was going before God with sincerity, and he was laying himself before God, asking God to direct him, and then he would obey what the Spirit of God would say. I believe God can do that kind of thing, and, and I know that that there may be people who 
are not in church, maybe people who have never committed their life to Jesus that we're going to be encountering in the, in the year to come, um, God can direct them to, um, to what God has given us to release to them. I know that there are many Christians, many pastors, who have been serving God in the sincerity of their heart. They've not tried to please people. They've not tried to have religious standing. They have sincerely wanted to minister to the Lord. And God sees that. And I believe that He is arranging for them to make contact with the saints and that they have already been prepared by God to not only receive but to begin to be functional before him in a new way. This angel says that the prayers, and it says alms there. Alms can mean lots of different things. Necessarily, it means money. But it also means the willingness to do a thing, the willingness to meet a need. And to me, that's the heart of the prophetic, or what the prophetic should be. You sense something, and you, you obey. And you lay yourself out there by word, by deed, by action, by activation. And that's, that's an alm before the Lord. So essentially, it wasn't the angel saying, hey, you know, we hear you, you bring your prayer list to God every, every week, and uh, we can see how you're over here at the soup kitchen and doing all these other things, and that's risen as a memorial. Essentially, this angel was addressing the character of this man and how he was devoting himself at the feet of God, God who he really did not fully understand, or no, I don't want to say fully understand, none of us do, but God who he did not know through Jesus at this point. And, um, and he was faithful in supplication then to apply what he was sensing God directing him to do. And this, the angel said, was a memorial. We've studied this in the past. This is, this is just a refresher. But this particular word in the New Testament was only mentioned in another occasion, and that was the woman with the alabaster box. When she gave obediently at that timely moment to anoint Christ for his sacrifice, and Jesus said, what this woman has done will be as a memorial throughout the generations to those who hear this story, and it is for us today. What is this business of a memorial before God? What, what does that mean? You know, I was looking at this from a number of different angles. It's not like God has a, 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 a book up there and he checks and says, let's see, Tammy did this. And I, I got to remember that. You know, I got to pay her back for that. And, you know, Dennis, uh, well, I don't know what to say about him. No, I, yeah, he did that. I can pay him back. You know, it's not like God has a list. But God looks upon the heart, and God watches what we do for him. We come into covenant with him. We act. We hear from him, and we obey. And God notes that that's our character. God notes that we're applying that principle of hearing, standing, hearing, and obeying, which is essential in relationship with God. 
And that is notated. And, and God recognizes those who are that way. It's like, you know, we read these passages where God says, you know, in, in Isaiah 58, you know, if you do this before me and you do these things, then you will call and I will hear. What does that mean? I thought God heard everybody. And then you go down that trail. Are you saying that there are elite people and God loves some people more than the others? No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, just like in life, we know who we can go to. We want to get something done. If we wanted to just meander around and flop and flounder on the floor, and then a week later on us wonder, why isn't this done? Then we just ask anybody, because we're just open. We love everybody. We want to get something done. We know who to go to. And God is that way. God knows who he can trust. He loves everybody. But God watches, and God notes who he can utilize. And that, that character and that measure of function is a memorial that God remembers. Just like the woman with the alabaster box, which the Bible clearly details, was Mary. Not Mary the mother of Jesus, the other Mary who really loved God more than everybody else. And, you know, God saw that. What motivated her to take that precious ointment that was, that was costly. Was she trying to impress people? Well, well, you can see the kind of response we got from those high and holy men. What's up with this woman? Doesn't she know we could have used that money for other things? Who is she? What's she doing? Well, if she was doing that to get notoriety, boy, that was a failed mission. That was wasted money if that was her intent. No, the father must have directed her. I want you to go and do this to him because Jesus said, she has come to anoint my body. Somebody had to do that. And there wasn't a long line waiting outside to come in and do it. The rest of them, mind was on other things. Some of them were thinking, I don't like his course of action. I made this side deal over here, and as soon as this lunch is over, I'm going to go and transact it. We don't know what the others were thinking. We know Peter was prone to saying, no, 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 Lord, you're not doing this. Get thee behind me, Satan. Remember that one? I'm not faulting anybody here. But that woman heard from God. She was obedient to God. She loved God. She chose the good thing. And she came and obeyed. That was a memorial. So the memorial is not works. The memorial is whether you are willing to stand before the Lord, listen to him, and obey. Because that rises before the Lord, and again, in Isaiah 58, which we read several times last week, then you will call, and I will answer. That's a wonderful thing. And the angel says this. It's the angel's commentary. The angel watched this. The angel knew this is how God relates to people. Your prayers and your alms have risen as a memorial. The angel recognized what effect that has on God. And the angel says that God, who controls everything, and we serve devotedly, and it's hard to stay anywhere other than on our face before him, the one thing we notice is that God cherishes a person who will hear and pray and obey. That one thing 
is always something that God notices. That's the memorial. You know, I looked at lots of different word derivations, how this word was used. It was really kind of a curious pursuit. But I did, I did notice that, you know, there was a significant faction of the Greek world that formed the usage of this word that said that uh, philosophically there, there is a part of people that uh, they, they, they put in that part of who they are the things that they cherish most, the things that motivate them the things that they go to when, when they're either feeling challenged or need a, a boost of energy or encouragement, or things that really direct the compass of the pursuits that they follow. And for them, that is an indication of this kind of memorial in their life. What do you cherish most? What do you look to when you're in need? What part of you do you rely on? Now, for some people, that's a weakness. For some people in the natural, it's the bottle or a needle or some kind of lascivious behavior or some kind of a squandering insecurity that wastes money and time and energy and hurts people. Sometimes it's people that lash out. They feel challenged, so the only way they know is to to attack or to stir up something. And that place within people, the, 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 uh, the ancient Greeks in their philosophies looked at that, and from that idea came this word for memorial. But for God, to, for an angel to attribute and to describe this kind of thing in the heart of God, what does that show? That God created us not because he needs anything, not because he's a lonely old soul and he just wants people around. You know, I just can't live by myself. What kind of God do we think we serve if that's what it is? No, God has always wanted you. God has always wanted to partner with you. And that's a priority in his life. That's, that's, that's really, and I can't explain it, but that really is precious to God. And so when he finds someone or people who will offer themselves before him for no, for no subjective personal reason, you know, foxhole prayers are effective, <laughs> but that's, that, uh, that's not really what God's looking for. If he only hears from you when you're in trouble or in the emergency room, then, you know, what kind of relationship is that? But God still loves. But for somebody that daily is before the Lord, just because they want to be before him, who want to hear from him, and who will then not only hear but obey, that reminds me of what a friend of the bridegroom is, those that stand and hear and will be willing to do prophetically what they're called to do. That takes a place in the heart of God that the angels recognize God looks to. We know this about him. To none of us did he say, sit thou at my right hand until I make your enemy, my enemies your footstool. No, we were made a little lower than the angels, but 
God looks to us, and this angel recognizes this. And so here's this man that had never gone down the, uh, the trail of bowing at the foot of the cross to this point, but yet he had a heart that went after God. And he obeyed. He listened and he obeyed. And here comes the angel. What an evangelist. Your prayers and your alms have risen. In that place in God that we know nothing else gains his attention. And I've come now because of that. I'm going to, you send people to find a guy in Joppa named Peter. You bring him back here. And he'll tell you what you need. Because the angel was not going to preach the gospel. It had to be Peter or someone like him who were born again and knew the only way to God, the only real way to God in eternal life. Peter has to preach. Peter has to talk to you. And plus, it'll do something from those guys up in Jerusalem who don't think that what you're doing is, is, uh, is what God wants. Isn't that interesting? A memorial. I believe that so many of you have found this place in God. I'm not trying to pat you on the back. I'm just commending the fact that you've been willing to do this. And I know that the angels recognize it. I, I, I know that they do. I, I, we've seen enough of that to, to recognize this. Sometimes early on, when we were all praying the way that God has trained us to pray, in those initial days, there was a plethora of the angelic. Maybe I was just being more cognizant of it at the time, but I was always amazed at how they would look initially upon what God was pouring out and the effect that God's Spirit would have on you, the indication on their countenance, which was never jealous. It was always almost in awe and I know the angels recognize this kind of thing. So to hear this angel, to read of this angel saying this, this was his recognition of the effect that this man had had on God. We've seen that real time. And, um, but the most important thing is not what the angels say, even though that's, that's notable, and we respect that. But it's the fact that this kind of a walk affects the God of all the universe that way. And it's a cherished thing for us to be a part of that. And I wonder, first of all, who all God is going to be bringing, um, who all God is communicating to right now to say, okay, you've gained the notice of God. He loves you. You need to... You need to be open to this message, and you need to be willing to do what is going to be told you. And I wonder, too, if you recognize how God is using you in these days and how important and valuable your prayers are. Memorial before the Lord. Now, yeah, you could extrapolate in the Old Testament and look at 
look at all the times that memorial is used. It's a different word entirely, but it basically means something that's there that you look at and you remember. Like the, the stones in the middle of the Jordan, let this be as a memorial, and others. And in wrath, remember memorial, mercy. If you look at the heart of all of them, this same principle is there. Why were those stones as a memorial in the middle of that river? Because somebody waiting on the bank of that river for three days was waiting to hear God and obey when God said go, and, and, and that whole lineage of this concept, that's what those memorials were. I think we need memorials. I think we need to remember. Remember the book of remembrance, Malachi, which had such an impact on, on all of us as we did that before the Lord months and months ago now. I think we need to stir ourselves up to remember again. What has God said to you? Not what have you conjured up in your mind what God said to you means or the position you've got your eye on. What has really God said to you? You know, it's been funny over the years, and I'm not talking about anybody in this room. I remember one person in particular who I know what God said over the first year when we were changed. I know exactly what God said to them because they said it over and 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 over again. And then over the years, that memorial changed. The telling of it changed in true evangelistic fashion. And I thought, maybe you need to go back to the first love and remember the first things and do them. What is the memorial that your covenant with God initially established? Do the first thing. And what, what ways has God used you in that over the years? Remember them. Because that's the purest point of the fountain of your spirit. I think God's reminding us of all those things. He's opening the wells that in so many ways life and the, the enemies have polluted. But that memorial before the Lord for you should be precious to you in function, but it is definitely precious before God. So, on this Memorial Day, I know that we ask God to bless our country and we ask God to, only He could do in the midst of what's going on in our land, the work that needs to be done. But we ask Him to bless this country and to turn this country again I don't even know how to say it. I say back to God, but what God's doing today, there's no back to it. To find God. How about that? That this nation find God. And in our society today, it's hard to say we're going to go back to anything because people in a more progressive mindset will all thumb their nose at that and say, you mean something other than what you mean. We say we want to go back to a point where America is one nation under God. Well, you know what that means. You want to go back to slavery and you want to go back to all these other things. Oh, no, I don't want that. 
I detest that part of our history. So maybe it'd be better to say that America would have an encounter with God and turn to him. Maybe that plethora of darkness that seems to be covering our land, the light really shines well in that environment. Maybe we should be asking God to light the light of his glory upon this land. And even if that happens, there are going to be so many people who won't turn. But that's what we should be asking God for. And we should be thanking him for the blessings that we have. We are a blessed nation. And that's because of the sacrifice of so many men and women who gave themselves in defending this country. We're thankful for that. But at heart, it's because of the goodness of God and only the goodness of God. Because other people in other parts of the world gave themselves for their country and they didn't experience the blessing in those lands that we do here. So it all goes back to God and we should be giving thanks to Him on this Memorial Day. Monica mentioned the way Brazilians were founded as a nation and that was really, that was really inspiring and informative. But what about the founding of this place, one nation under God? No matter how many times the enemy is trying to rewrite our history and say this nation was founded for the benefit of slavery or some other nonsense, those people that came over here, regardless of what happened later, came for freedom of religion. They came to serve God. They came because... They wanted to be able to worship the God that they were reading about in the Scripture that were just being made known to them in many ways for the first time. They came to flee persecution. I read today in the news about news that came out of North Korea. Maybe some of you read it um, about a, a family with a two-year-old child that was found in North Korea with a Bible, and all of them now are in prison. And they were talking about how the tens of thousands of Christians, it's, it's illegal to be a Christian in North Korea, as it is in many other places. The enemy would like for that to happen here. He's doing his darndest to make it that way. But we're blessed, and we should thank God for that, the freedoms we have, and we should use it to the best of our, of our ability to serve God with thankful hearts. But this business of a memorial, I pray that as we begin our hearts uh, in prayer for the blessing upon Brazil and South America, which this week is ordained, not ordained, this week has been set apart for that purpose. Yes, we're asking for safe travels and protection and all the other things that we've asked for. But as we ask for a blessing on another nation, we should really stop down and take the time to give thanks to the Lord for the blessings that we have here. So, Father, as we prepare our hearts to come before this table of communion, I ask you, Father, that you would receive my deepest thanks 
for the calling that you have extended to this house and to the people here to follow you and to know you and to offer our prayers and hopefully to obey what we hear. I thank you for the many, many people around the world that you have brought us into family relationship with who share that same passion. Thank you for that. And thank you for the privilege of being able to go into this great nation with, with so many people who are hungry for what you've given us. And what have you given us? What do they want to know about, Father? How to know you from your word. Thank you for that privilege. May we represent you. And thank you for allowing us to minister to you in this way. May our prayers and our obedience continue to come up as a memorial before you. We love you, Father. And we thank you for this. For we ask it all in the name of the one who made it all possible, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.